Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and therefore let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but rather encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, as we uh, consider these uh, words of the author, we pray for insight and understanding into the kind of relationship you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're glad that you have uh, braved the cold and potentially snowy weather and flu season to be here with us on this uh, Sabbath morning. We are continuing uh, our tradition of spending the month of January uh, reflecting and being thoughtful about what the community is that we are doing here, what, what Advent Hope is about. We've talked about our mission and our purpose. And so today we're uh, looking at how we, you and I, can be good members of this community that is Advent Hope. And so uh, if you're new today, though, and you're not a, a member or you're just kind of checking in, um, I actually think what uh, we learn here from Hebrews chapter 10 transcends just the idea of certainly Avon Hope or church community, but communities in general. And so we're talking about how you can be a good part of a, a community, how you can participate in being a good member of our community. And so the text comes from the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews was an early Christian letter. Uh, the authorship is somewhat in debate. Some think it's the Apostle Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament. Others think it might be someone like Apollos who was mentioned uh, in the New Testament. So the, the authorship is in debate, but what's not in debate was that this was a letter that was designed to encourage the church. And the primary, primary, primary focus of the letter is to talk about who Jesus was and what his role was in relationship to God and to the church. And so it's uh, with that in mind that we get to Hebrews chapter 10 here and we read while there's this articulation of what Jesus did and what his sacrifice and death meant for us, that there's this little interjection about uh, being a part of a community that we want to uh, focus on today. Now, again, realizing that uh, not everybody here today is part of the Advent Hope uh, community, although we say once you're at Advent Hope, once you're part of the community you're in, um, but uh, some of you may be traveling or some of you may be new to the idea of community and church at all. And so just want to acknowledge again that the, the advice here given in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, transcends just the, the church community and really is good for any community that you're going to be involved in. So there are three uh, attributes or aspects to being a good member of a community that are articulated here in Hebrews chapter 10. So in verse uh, 24, it says, uh, first of all, let us... This is a letter written to the church. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, I actually really like this text generally outside of us talking about it today. And part of it is because I really like the word uh, spur. It makes me think of cowboys or, or, or cow women. Um, you know, cowboys, they, they wear the, the, the boots, at least in our like, ridiculous uh, cultural imagination they wear boots and they have on the boots spurs and so the spurs hang off the boot and I'm not a I'm not a, a, a man who rides horses very often but I think the idea is that when you want your horse to go in a particular direction that you use the you use the spur to just 
are there, do we have any horse husbands here? Or anyone into husbandry? Okay, spurs. Do you wear spurs? No, okay, well, in the, in the cowboy movies of, age, of old, you wore a spur, and in the idea what? No? Oh, Joanna is, no, okay. Oh, tell me, what does a spur do, Joanna? It's not a good way to do it, so you don't want to, do, maybe that has been gotten rid of. Let's hope. There's a better way to help your horse go under, okay, all right, well, all right, so the, the old idea we have now antiquated, we've gotten rid of it, was that you had a, and you gave the horse a little nudge. Anyway, I like the idea of nudging, but not horses. We don't need to, and not with the painful things, but uh, of each other, which is what uh, the author is getting at here. Like, we nudge each other. <laughs> Get the spurs of the cowboys out of your mind. Let's forget cowboys, okay? Uh, no more cowboys. All right, so spurs. Let's even do better. The word can be translated not as spurs, but as, this, bear with me for a minute, but as provoke. Provoke. Now, we usually think of provoking as something in a negative uh, context, but listen what the text here says. It says, uh, spur or provoke one another, not in a negative context, but in love, toward, toward love, and toward good deeds. And so, the first thing we learn about being a member of a community is that to be a good member of a community, that we are to provoke each other to, toward love and good deeds. What a great concept. Not provoking to evil or to, to wrong, but provoking each other toward love and good deeds. Have you ever been provoked to do a good deed or spurred to be, do a good deed? Um, I, I was provoked to do, to, to, to do something good this week. So I was, on Sunday, we had a team of volunteers come and organize our children's classrooms. And so I was... Uh, designated as watching the children. And so I was watching the children, but I was quite, quite frankly minding my own business because they were running around. But the, the, the volunteers were doing such a fabulous job, and it took like four or five hours. It was, there was a lot of work needed to be done down there. And so at some point, uh, either the Holy Spirit or my wife, sometimes those are a mix, um, seeing the work that, that they were doing, it provoked me to do to do good works and go in and help, all right? So I don't know about you, have you ever been provoked maybe by somebody else's example and you were like inspired like, oh, they are helping. I hope that when you eat that delicious meal that has almost set the building on fire. Is there smoke in here or is it me? I feel like there's just a, a, a little haze because the meal is so delicious and we're thankful for the team, but they just light the place on fire. That's how good it's going to be. Anyway, I hope when you're down there, you're eating the meal, and then you see the people cleaning up at, at the end, you will be provoked and spurred to do some good works. This is, anyway, this is what this is about. Like, if you're going to be a member of a community, may we uh, provoke and spur each other on toward love, to do things for each other that are loving, and toward good works, okay? So, provoking. So, that's, that's uh, number one. When you think about being a member of a community, you want to provoke each other to do love and good deeds. Secondly... Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. If you want to be a healthy and helpful part of a community, whether it's a church community, it's Advent Hope, or it's the larger community uh, around you, maybe your neighborhood community, you've got to be present in the community. You've got to be present in the community. So stay engaged with the present, with your, with your community. 
stay engaged and be present in your community. That's like number two. Hebrews 10 is telling us about how to be a good part of a community. So provoke each other toward love and good works and stay engaged with the community. In fact, don't give up meeting together. Now, you know that this is a, is a challenge. Obviously, it was a challenge in the first century uh, because uh, the author says that some are already accustomed to doing this. I, I think that Christian communities have a particular tendency to think that this is okay, not meeting together, not being together, because we sometimes, even in the first century, kind of spiritualize our inner spiritual walk, thinking that we can do it all by ourselves. You know, I guarantee you that you can go on YouTube right now and find a better sermon than this one. And uh, you can go on YouTube and you can find some amazing music and you can set up your, yourself to have a little, even a worship experience privately to your, your own. And there is a time and a place for that, undoubtedly. I hope you're taking advantage of all of those resources, but there is something missing if you're not together with other people as a part of the community, any community. And so in the first century, this was a real danger, apparently. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We need to come together and be together. And so if you're going to be a helpful part, a healthy part of a community, don't give up meeting together. I mean, look, Advent Hope, we're traveling. You'll be gone for a couple months. You're working somewhere. But when we're back, don't give up meeting together. We've got to stay together. If we're not together, being together means something, especially if we want to be a healthy community, which we're talking about being as members and as a, as a group at large. Finally, Hebrews 10 says, uh, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. Now, the spurring and the provoking, the, uh, the imagery there is of example. You provoke or you spur someone on by doing. This is... This is verbal, that you encourage each other, that you encourage each other. So to be a, a, a positive member of a community involves encouraging each other. Um, now, there's two kinds of encouragement uh, verbally. There's an encouragement um, through kind words. How about Proverbs 12:25? Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Isn't that great? Huh? We want to be a community that encourages each other through kind words, through words of encouragement. So that's, that's, that's important. There is also the other element of encouragement, one that sometimes churches get a little too serious about, but what it's worth noting, and that is that we encourage each other by helping each other see what we could or should be doing. So sometimes we need to encourage each other. I know that I've been encouraged by you sometimes when you'll say, when you, you'll, you'll challenge me, you'll say, we should be doing this, or, or you should be doing this. Now, you don't want to get carried away. In fact, churches uh, have a tendency to lean to this side of the encouragement uh, and away from the kind word encouragement, but both play a part in being a good part of a community that you encourage through words. Sometimes those words are words of kindness, and some of those are kind words that are encouraging things to be done. And so these three elements here in this little verse tucked away in Hebrews chapter 10 help us to understand what it means to be a healthy and productive part of a community, and specifically in our context, a healthy and productive part of the Advent Hope community, that we want to spur each other on toward love and good works by being an example of ones doing love and doing good works. We want to stay engaged with the community. Don't give up meeting together. It's important to be, come together. And finally, we want to be encouraging. We want to have a kind uh, word. You know, 
in this city in particular, we need a place where you can come together. We need a community that you can come together and know that you're going to get a kind word because all, many of us are, are stressed and our hearts are, are burdened and we need a kind word. And so may we be a community that is about kind words. Now, the, so, okay, so this is, the, this is the, the challenge of Hebrews 10, how to be a good member of a community. The challenge, though, is the, that doing this in practice can be really, really uh, difficult. And I think there are a couple of reasons that are particular for our context here that make this so. Being a good member of a community is challenging. And firstly, uh, one reason that it's difficult to be a good member of a community is that it has become easy, uh, easier than ever to isolate ourselves from community. Like, has there ever been a time in human history where we are more able to be isolated from community or from other people? If you have any kind of device that is online, you can use that device to get almost anything without talking or engaging with any other person, right? If, if we all wanted to order uh, Mexican food right now or pizza, we could all do that and, uh, and have it ordered here and you would barely have to talk to anyone at all. There's so many other ways in which we can really isolate ourselves. This was best expressed, I think, in one of my favorite movies of all time, About a Boy. Does anyone remember? It was actually based on a Nick Hornsby novel, and basically the premise of About a Boy, you go watch it later, it's a, it's a fun one, was uh, challenging John Donne's uh, famous statement. John Donne was the, the Anglo uh, poet back in the day who wrote, no person, he said no man, but no person is an island. That was his argument, like we're all interconnected, and so the premise of about a boy is to challenge whether that's true or not. And so in our society, that's, that, that the potential that we are islands, that we are our own little islands, and we can make up our own uh, lives and our experience, and we can control everything, and so whether it's technology or just the way things have progressed, we have the opportunity to isolate ourselves from community. And so obviously this is a challenge if we want to be members positive members, good members of a community. All the temptations are there to isolate ourselves, to sit in our, our, in our cozy spot, in our apartment. And again, this is somewhat ironic because we are the most populous city in the, in the country. That's, a, that's, that's not a good... They are cooking it up so hardcore down there that they keep blowing out the lights. That is not a joke. So I hope you're ready for a delicious meal. Team downstairs, I know that you are watching. Keep at it but please turn back on the lights. Um, anyway, we are in a city that is so populous that there are people around us all the time. In fact, I would imagine that you live with at least one other person. Many of us live with more people. I live with so many people that the fire department will not let us have more people in our family because we have, we have reached the maximum amount of people that can live in our space. Maybe you're in that case too. You have family members, you have roommates. I don't know what your situation is, but we are around uh, people all the time. But the irony is that you, we, even in a context where we're around people all the time, the capability of isolating ourselves is incredibly strong. I have these things, the AirPods. So I go onto the very crowded subway and I put the AirPods in and then I can hit a little button and it's like, and everybody goes away because they're like noise canceling. It's amazing. It's glorious on the subway. I mean, I'm still like, you know, 
people are touching me and, and it's all, but I'm, I'm in my little cocoon. And so it's very easy for us uh, to do that and to isolate ourselves from, from community. And so that's a challenge to being a good member of a community is that it's really easy to isolate ourselves from community. And then beyond just the ability to isolate from ourselves, they're cooking it up. The, the, beyond the ability that, that to, to, to isolate ourselves from community, the truth is that living in community itself is really, really difficult to uh, maintain. I mean, think about it. Many communities have become incredibly fragmented by political or social issues uh, or whatever to the point, or even likes, that they won't, the, the communities have a hard time even talking with each other, right? So the, the dynamic, the, the societal dynamic has, has made it even more challenging uh, to live in community because there are so many issues at hand. And we hear about all of the issues because we read reports and they keep popping up in our news feeds and so on, and we get angry at the other group. And so there are just some innate challenges to being a good member of community. We can isolate ourselves, but then there are reasons we want to isolate ourselves because it's hard work being around other people because other people are difficult and messy. Y'all, y'all with me here? We're good? Okay. All right, so finally, the challenge to being a good member of a community comes because if we're really, really honest with ourselves, we're also kind of obsessed with ourselves, right? We are really into ourselves. Now, this is an age-old problem. This isn't something just related to our current context here in 2020 in New York City. Uh, people have been obsessed with themselves for years, but that's taken on a new, uh, a, a new uh, uh, power because we have so many abilities and technologies and so on that can promote that. Where again, we can kind of lift ourselves up, we can promote ourselves, we can be about ourselves, and uh, when we're only thinking about ourselves, when we're only thinking about our own uh, needs, then obviously that's incredibly destructive to being a part of a healthy community. So, being a member of a community is incredibly important. In fact, it's very good for you healthfully. It's good for you. We want to be good members of, of, of a community, but the reality is that our current context is promoting more and more the breaking apart of communities. It's easier to isolate ourselves. There are so many things that, that, that divide us that we, we want to, it's difficult to maintain community, and we have that age-old problem of, quite frankly, being obsessed with ourselves. And so, like, what do we do? Right? How, does, how, does a, how does a community like Advent Hope, like we, we, we're not just a, a building, right? we're people together. In fact, the, the building could burn down, and it may at any moment if the kitchen team keeps going. The building could burn down, uh, and, and, but Advent Hope remains because Advent Hope is not this building, even though we're thankful for this building that our, 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 our foremothers and forefathers built in ages ago. Um, but the building goes, we're still going to be a, a, a community together, but how do we be a healthy community, and how do you and how do I be healthy members of the community that are contributing to spur each other on and, and to continue meeting together and to encouraging each other? That's the, that's the big question. And so we have to go to Jesus, of course, who uh, Jesus figured this out. Jesus assembled a community uh, that was uh, ragtag, was diverse, uh, was made up of people that you would never imagine uh, would, would get together and hang out together. So, so think about this. Uh, just a couple of examples. First of all, we know that Andrew and Peter, two of Jesus' disciples, uh, 
So, you know, he had this, this core team of 12, uh, they just, because of the culture, they happen to be all men, 12 men. And, and, and two of them, Andrew and Peter, and several others too, were small business men, right? They, they were fishermen, their, 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 their father had been fishermen, and so they were in, the, in, in, in dad's business, both, one of them, and others were fishermen too. And so these were these small businessmen, and just like small business people today, there are challenges uh, to that. Some days the fish are there, some they're not. If you don't have fish to sell, that's going to challenge your ability to make money and so on. And so they are, uh, they are business people. Conversely, Matthew, also a disciple of Jesus, who Jesus handpicked and chose, he was a tax collector. All right? So Peter and Andrew, most of the, most of the people were a little upset about the fact that they, were, they felt oppressed because they had a foreign government that was over over them, and you, uh, you can imagine the environment when, when uh, the foreign government is asking for money or so on, that that would, be, that would rub against the small business person who's trying to make it. Matthew is a tax collector. So he, he is, is of the same cultural heritage as Andrew and Peter, but he has decided that it's just fine in his mind to work for the foreign government that many people think of as oppressive. And so he's collecting taxes from who? Small business people. On top of this, Peter was identified specifically as a zealot. Now, over the centuries before this, being a zealot had many different, uh, many different uh, uh, definitions. But by the time we get to being a zealot in, uh, in Peter's day, it, it usually had some association with being a rebel. Like you were, at, you were, you were antagonistic against the oppressive Roman government. And so you had some very, very strong political motivations, and so that, that reflected itself in many ways, and passionate, and, and so on. And so here we've got this mix, and this is just a few of Jesus' disciples. We don't know what everybody else was doing in their career backgrounds, but we know enough to know that Jesus assembled this diverse group of, of people who had different political views, different social views, and yet he brought them together. And even though they were a mess for the three and a half years that they, by the way, lived together, basically. All right, they lived together for all intents and purposes for three and a half years. Jesus has got this group, and somehow uh, Jesus is able to bring them together, despite their arguing with each other and fighting with each other and, and, and not getting along all the time. Jesus is able to bring them together. And so then toward the end of Jesus' life, Jesus has this famous prayer. It's found in John chapter 17. It has three parts. And the second part is specifically he's praying for his disciples. In the third part, he prays for everyone who will believe. That's including, if you're a believer here, if you've embraced Jesus, that you, he's praying for you too. And it's found in John chapter 17 and verse uh, 20. And this is the, the transition from part two to three of that prayer where Jesus is now praying for all believers. He says, my prayer is not just for my disciples alone, the, the ones who are with me now, I pray also for all of those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them, in other words, every believer throughout human history, that all of them will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus was really into bringing disparate people together, people of different political backgrounds, social backgrounds, whatever, together and building them into a, a community. Now, I think this is a beautiful thing. This is an incredible thing, and it speaks to what the, the church of today is. 
and, or it, and if, if it isn't this way, that it should be. A group of people with various different political, social, whatever backgrounds brought together working toward uh, unity in Jesus. That's Jesus' prayer, that we would become, come together uh, in him. And so, incredible idea. But Jesus doesn't just leave us with the idea. He just doesn't say this is the kind of community that you should be. He developed that kind of community uh, in, among his disciples, although it wasn't really empowered among them until after his death. So the disciples are fighting with each other, they're arguing with, with each other, right up, really up until the point in which uh, Jesus was arrested. But after Jesus is arrested, you see this transformation, and he and, and, and died and, and, and was resurrected. After the resurrection, you see this transformation among this group of people. They still have disagreements, by the way. You can read in Acts some great disagreements among some very prominent followers of Jesus, but they were united in purpose when it came to their relationship with God and with each other. So you can still have friction, you can still have disagreements, you can still have different political ideas amongst you, but there is a unity that comes from the transformative work of Jesus. And so Jesus was able to do this among this ragtag group in the first century, and he wants to continue to do that in church communities like Advent Hope even today, to bring together people who have disparate ideas and help us to live in community together, where we, we are loving and encouraging each other, where we're spurring each other on, and where we're spending time together. So I, I, I think that this is transformative. In this broken world, especially at this moment in history here, in this context in the United States that is so fragmented, you know how fragmented we are, that the idea that God wants to bring together people who don't all come from the same place, who don't look all the same, who don't even believe in every way in the same way, to bring us together. You know, they were, it's, 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 it's Martin Luther King weekend, so we, 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 we want to we remember this very famous uh, condemnation that he, he said in 1963. He said, it is appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And again, we can say Saturday morning because it's the same, the same as true. Like, they're, 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 people are, are not coming together. And he was specifically talking about, uh, about ethnic or racial segregation, right? The people are not, the, people just kind of mingling in their, in their groups and, you know, maybe for, 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 for particular reasons. But that's a condemnation. And certainly it does not correspond with Jesus' desire for his church of bringing together different people. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free. The church is designed to bring people together. So I would, buckle your seatbelts, I would imagine that there are some Democrats here today. I would imagine there are some Republicans here today. I would imagine that there are some people who have views about certain things that you would be surprised about. You might even be a little bit angry if you knew what the person next to you thought about something that you care very deeply about. I bet there are some Yankee fans here today. I bet there are some Met fans here today. There is not one of them. The idea of Christian community is that we come together despite our different backgrounds, despite our different ideals about things, despite some of our differences in belief, but that we come together united in one under, under the banner of Jesus, who has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And in my humble opinion, the power of the idea of the church could be transformative 
in this broken world. A group that decide that we're going to come and work together toward love and good deeds. You know who can do love and good deeds? Republicans. You know who can do love and good deeds? Democrats, Yankee fans, Met fans, whatever. We can all come together and encourage each other in love and, and good deeds. We can also spend time together. We can encourage each other with kind words. And what, what, a, what, what, a, what, a, what a transformative community we would be if that's the kind of community that we are, despite our differences, that we come together and we are united because God has done for us in Jesus what we cannot do for ourselves. First Peter, Peter says this. Finally, these are Peter's last words in the, in the letter of First Peter. All of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another. He's not saying be like-minded in every aspect of what you believe. He's talking about being like-minded in your conviction about God's work through Jesus. Be like-minded, be sympathetic, Love one another, be compassionate and humble. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with e insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. See, Peter's got it right. He's like, the, what happens in the community is we come together and we love uh, each other despite our differences, despite our different backgrounds, despite our different ideas, despite our different beliefs, that there's a blessing in that. If we were all the same, you're missing out on a blessing. You get a blessing when you're challenged by somebody who is different from you. I mean, that's the gospel, right? Jesus who comes down and, and lives with, with beings who are fundamentally different than him. And so we get to partake in a small way in the gospel by being around people who are different than us. See, this is transformative. We live in a world where if you're different and if you believe a different thing, that you don't talk to that person. In fact, you demonize that person. The church, a community where we come together with our differences and yet find love and compassion and kindness. And not just find it, but we be it. We be kind. We be loving. We do meaningful things for each other and for this broken world. This is the power of the church community, and it's the power of being a good member of this community. We're not going to do it on our own. We express faith in the God who is able to bring different people together and make them unified. But may we work to be not just a community, but individuals who are looking out for each other, who are kind to each other, who are encouraging to each other who are spurring and provoking each other toward love and good deeds. Jesus said in John chapter 13, by, by this, by the love that you have for each other, this is how the world is going to know that you're with me. Like if you can figure out how to love each other despite your background, one of you is a tax collector collecting taxes for Rome, one is ready to attack Rome. Bring them together. That was the plan of Jesus, and that's the plan that God has for you and for me in this community that is Avent Hope. And so we, may we, be good members of God's community here at Avent Hope. Amen.